Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Have you heard? The bird's the word. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today's Strawberry of the Week, a total Jeffrey Mayer situation involving a ball boy in the land down under. But will this ball boy also be hailed as a local hero? We all love the Rule 5 draft, but how much time is too much time to spend talking about it on an Orioles podcast? The the Ravens got their third shutout of the year as they beat the Packers 23-0. But are they Super Bowl bound, or is Brett Hundley just really bad? I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Burt Rohde. And I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Baltimore's best, Section 336, the number one sports broadcast, get your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka, and as always... I'm joined by the zany Burt Rohde. What up, coconuts? And the button lover, Josh Stroka. You guys, you guys both sound like you're a little back from your mics. You guys nice and relaxed tonight? I'll get closer. I mean, it could be my headphones. I, it, <laughs> I, I'll move my blue ball a little closer to my face. Oh, you right. got a blue ball now. Yeah, I'm blue balling it. Blue balls for life. <laughs> blue balls? The, the My blue ball is black. Yours is white. That's weird. Mine's white. <laughs> How big is yours? Well, I think I think they're the same size, right? When, what a coincidence. When we hang out for Thanksgiving, we'll compare them. See who's okay. bigger. Sounds yeah. good. I'm looking forward to it. But I, I'm not that competitive. I, they're probably just the same size. Yeah, well, probably. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I uh, You guys have been having awesome times traveling around the world, doing awesome things. Well, I've been stuck at home with the baby, so congrats to you all. Uh, but Josh is just coming back from a cruise where he saw the world. Bert's coming back from uh, the, the nation's capital. Uh, so you guys are living exciting lives while, while I'm exciting lives while I'm here stuck with the baby. So congratulations to you all for that. I, I, I exactly I, call mine like a dramatic trip. Josh actually left the country. I just went forty minutes down the road. And yeah. I, I, oh, left, yeah. I left the country, but I didn't do anything exciting. I took naps every day. It was the most relaxing trip ever. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I, I could get back into naps. I haven't done a naps. My last nap was probably 2007. I could get back into that. Uh, more than once, Mandy and I fell asleep out on the balcony and woke up and it was dark outside. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's not a nap. You got roofied. That's that's not a nap at all. <laughs> Someone slipped something in a drink and they probably did stuff to yeah. you while you were knocked out. Yeah, that's not a nap at all when that happens. I, like, you don't just fall asleep for no reason on the middle of a deck and then wake up and it's nighttime. You got drugged. All right, maybe you're right. Especially yeah. on a cruise ship. That happens all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, cruise ship. You're lucky they didn't toss you over the side when they were done messing with I, you. I tell you what, there are some interesting people that take cruises. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. that take cruises out of Baltimore. Especially in November. <laughs> yeah, a lot of kids, which I was surprised of. I didn't think there'd be many kids like the week before Thanksgiving. Oh, and you went on a cruise to get away from the kids. And and, and that must have been disappointing <laughs> to be them being surrounded by kids. Yep. Oh, we got Gobble Gobble back. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, but we got a good break from the kids. We did get away. Yeah, um, I saw you placed a friendly little wager. I did. I placed a... Uh, I went to the uh, sports book down in Atlantis, and I, I wanted to bet on the Orioles, of course, but it's, yeah, too, yeah. it's too early. They haven't opened up any baseball books yet. Okay, okay. So I said, all right. I said, well, what's the line on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl? And the lady said a million to one. The lady said eighty to one, and she laughed as she said it. And Mandy laughed, <laughs> and I said, "Here's twenty bucks. Put it on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl." And, and then she took your money. Did she laugh? <laughs> and I'll take your twenty dollars. <laughs> and, and she laughed and typed it into her computer and gave me my bet. You know, if so you, what? Do, what do you win if they win, though? Sixteen hundred dollars. Hey, that's not bad. No, that's a the- pretty good investment. That's the one. No, it's not a pretty good investment at all. But that's the one where if you're the teller, you take the $20, you type nonsense in the computer, and then put the $20 in your pocket because you know you'll never need to pay that one up. No, you never, so you can just pocket that in and no one will ever know. No, and the nonsense is I asked what the line is on the Browns. Yeah. 7,600 to one. Mm. Are they still mathematically able to make the playoffs at this point? They would have to win out and some other teams would have to lose and then maybe they can get in. You should have dropped just five bucks just to see. That's what I, I exactly. <laughs> There's probably a lot of people just go in there and drop like $10, like that's, $5. Well, that's the conversation. For the one in a million chance. The conversation I had with Mandy is, what are higher odds? Me betting 10 bucks and the Browns winning the Super Bowl or me winning the Powerball? Because lots of people put $10 on the Powerball all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people lose $10 all the time. Right. And it's, it's not either way you're going to lose $10, yes. right? Hey, but... The, so just have but the $20 bet on the Ravens is possible because they do seem like they're going to make it into the playoffs this year. If the playoffs start today, if you wanted, it would be in. If you wanted to bet today, the odds were 25 to 1. So you got oh. your bet in before they cleaned up on the uh, Green yeah, Bay Packers. Exactly. Nice. Oh, nice. Uh, that's a well-placed bet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A few so, hours yeah. later, a couple days you know, later. They get into the playoffs. As much. You don't know what anything can happen once the Ravens get into the playoffs. So uh, uh, we'll see. I either wasted 20 bucks or I'll be laughing at all of you guys on February 5th. Yeah, you got to find that lady who laughed at you when you placed your bet and just like throw ones in her face and laugh at her. Right, right. I'm going to spend another – I'm going to spend $2,000 to fly down there to cash the check in person to laugh at her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you should get one of those big jumbo checks too, not the regular yeah, size. Yeah. A jumbo <laughs> check. All right. 
if if if, if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, I'll and make sure to get one of those big jumbo checks. Spend a hundred dollars on the jumbo on the jumbo check. Right. Spend another, you know, how many hundreds uh, going back there to shove it in her face? Yeah. In the end, you'll be down a thousand bucks, but it'll all be worth it. It'll totally it'll worth, worth it. it. Yep. So, Bert, anything exciting? You place any bets in D.C.? I'm sure you can hook up with some uh, bookies down there in D.C. They got some shady uh, just, just going to D.C. is a gamble. Yeah, yeah. That's we, true. We, we played it safe, but we did a ton of walking. We we just stayed right there near the Smithsonian at the Capitol. Not at the Capitol itself, but a hotel near the Capitol. And uh, a lot of walking. We saw all the memorials we could possibly see. You know, the the, the obvious ones, Lincoln Memorial, Jefferson Memorial. Uh, but then we saw like uh, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the uh, MLK Memorial. We went to the Washington Monument. Um, and the big the big one was we went to Ford's Theater, which I'd never been to before. And I've always wanted to go since I was a kid to see the booth. Not well, play on words where John Wilkes Booth assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Um, booth, a lot, a lot of booths really involved cool. here. Booths, yeah, booths. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, what do they call that up on the uh, balcony? The balcony, yeah. Um, the private box, the president's box, I guess you could call it. Um, but what I didn't know, like when when you're sitting in there, when you go in there, it looked Matt. I think you've been there before, right? Yeah, I went there just this past summer. Yeah, I, I mean, was there it, many it years e- ago. It looks exactly like you would expect it to look based on the stories we've heard in history class and artist renditions and things like that. But yeah. what you what you find out is. The building went through so many transitions since 1865. It it collapsed. It was a, a office building. It, it it at one point when it collapsed, it killed 22 people inside of it. The whole thing was gutted, flipped top to bottom, and they just rebuilt it to look exactly like it did in 1865 uh, when the assassination took place. Um, so like you could see the booth and you can or the the president's box and walk right up to it. You can't go in it. But uh, so it's not. So you like, can't say these, you can't be like these are not the steps he took or the floor he right. stood on. But it's pretty like the the air, the aura around you <laughs> is it. You know, I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like when I go to uh, Cinderella's castle in Disney World. It's not the real castle, but it's got the aura. No. Nobody was murdered there. <laughs> All right. And Cinderella is not real. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, uh, but, but Bert, you're probably doing museums right. This is something I learned about going to D.C. and checking out the museums in Fourth Theater. You got to have, because I used to get so bored going to museums. And I went to Fourth Theater this summer. And one of the reasons I went to Fourth Theater is because I read a, a ton of books this summer about the Civil War and about Abraham Lincoln. And once you get that kind of context and background knowledge, it makes that experience so much cooler. And you know totally. that because... Because you're like a history buff inside Encountant's body. And so I know yeah. you read all the books, the historical books. And so it just, it brings it to life. You just can't go there not having any context because then it is boring. Yeah. But when you've read all right. the books and you know about it, it makes it so much cooler. You know, that's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what Mandy and I did. Mandy did a bunch of reading the past few years. So we went to Harry Potter World. Yeah. Ooh. See, that's what I'm talking about. You read Six, Harry Potter nice. World and then you get yourself some <laughs> butterbeer and it blows your mind. You never read Harry Potter. Butterbeer is just this gross ginger ale. Yeah, and they're they're Harry Potter World. They're selling these magic wands for fifty five dollars a piece, and every kid sucker there is buying them up. Every parent and they don't even work. Kids. 
and they don't even no. work. And everyone who's never seen Harry Potter knows that the wand chooses you anyway. So what are you going around choosing a oh, wand? Oh, I watched the whole show that was designed to sucker parents in, where they would pick kids out from the audience, and some lady would say, "Oh, let's see which wand is choosing you." This one chooses you. And then if yeah, you're a parent, how are you not going to spend the $55 to buy the wand that chose your kid? It's a scam. Do they have yeah. the show money where they put their hat on and the hat tells them which house they're going to belong to? Uh, you lost me. Don't know what you're talking about. Is that a Harry Potter <laughs> thing? Isn't that a Harry Potter thing? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I've not... door or whatever. Yeah, they choose your house. Right, right. All Ravenclaw. I did... All I did yeah. was walk around. I got I got, got on the Harry Potter, Potter rides and I walked around and made fun of all the Harry Potter right? nerds. Uh, the, the roller coasters are good. Yeah, it was a Harry cool. Potter, yeah, it was Potter. a fun roller coaster with like the dragon chasing us or something. I, yeah, yeah, and even the ride with the spider dropping down. Uh, I didn't do that. We only oh, did we cool. only did one side of Harry Potter because they okay. they split Harry Potter world up into two different theme parks. So okay. you got to go to both parks in order to get the full thing. So we only only did one side. With Mackenzie, my oldest daughter is is just now reading the Harry Potter books. She's late to the game at twelve years old, I guess. So she finished the first one, and we just watched the first Harry Potter movie. And confession, I can't get through the thing. I can't. I'm not into um, it. I really it di- yeah, cannot I'm, hold my attention. I I don't like it. I'm I don't with care you, Bert. For it at all. My family, yeah, all, I don't all the girls love it. They read the books, watched all the movies. I cannot. It's so boring. Yeah, oh my gosh, you guys are insane. <laughs> I mean, I'll keep trying. I'll watch the second one when it finishes the second book. I'll give it a few more tries, but after the All first right, movie, I can't get it. We're, we're, we're done. We're done because this is not going to turn into a Harry Potter bashing podcast. I will not stand idly back and listen and watch this happen. <laughs> so we're just going to move on. I'm not bashing it. I just, uh, I just don't care for it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm making a list right now of like things we cannot talk about when we spend time with our families for Thanksgiving. Harry Potter is added to the list. Harry Potter is yeah. added, added to the list. I'll put him. I'll put him right, right above Levar Ball and uh, right, <laughs> right, right below Trump. <laughs> right below, yeah. I don't know. It's worse uh, than politics on family Thanksgiving is uh, talking Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter, Levar Ball, Judge Moore, all going on the no talk right. list. Charlie so, Rose. Yeah, he's he's a new addition. Yeah, congrats, Charlie. Right. Him and his prancing. Oh, he's getting four people. Marilyn Manson, he's not Marilyn Manson. Charles, <laughs> Charles Manson. Manson. Charles Manson. He's fair game, though. He's fair game. You can talk about him. Right. Mar- Marilyn Because there's no fights about him. He's dead. Right. Yeah. We all, so, agree, we all I, agree he was a bad man. I don't know, though. I saw a debate on Twitter. This is like an early snowflake. Uh, but I, I saw a debate on Twitter. People debating if he was more Republican or more, more of a Democrat, more liberal, <laughs> more conservative. Charles Manson. This was a debate on Twitter. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, well, so, well, but that's wait, still, what, what was the poll? What was the outcome? Well, it wasn't a poll. It was just two people fighting back and forth, okay. saying he was more liberal, he was more conservative. It was just going back and forth about his views on women and all this stuff. It was ridiculous. I see. But I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the Orioles. What do you want to talk about, Ryan Rourke? We got a lot. Of, we got a lot of Orioles. We're looking, look at the show notes. We got full, full. I mean, we got Ryan Rourke. We also got a, a trade that happened today where the uh, Orioles require, acquired Connor Wade from the Rockies. You know, the last guy we got from the Rockies was a little guy named Miguel Castro turned out to be a pretty good pitcher. So now we got another guy. We traded some of this international signing bonus uh, money. How in the world 
do the Orioles have any international signing bonus money left to trade? <laughs> I feel like they traded. They do this with every team. I feel like they're running some kind of con game where they tell everybody, "Yeah, we'll just give you some international signing bonus money mm. and, and 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 give us one of your minor players that you don't want." But they just do this with every team. It does seems it. Like. But does, anyway, does it roll over from year to year so they keep getting more because they don't use it? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I didn't I mean, think they were allowed to sign any international prospects. Were they kicked out of Korea or something? Yeah, but just well, Korea. I, it's not like Atlanta. Atlanta's Atlanta in big, got a trouble. big trouble. And the only thing I got to say about what's going on in Atlanta, and they're getting because of, I guess they were trying to sign like a seven-year-old in, right. in uh, <laughs> Puerto Rico or something. I don't even know. But I was surprised. I, I didn't really care because it's the Braves, whatever. Who cares? But I was surprised. That is a classic Orioles story. It <laughs> about is. About doing something illegal overseas. And maybe, and I saw a tweet, and this is. Well, it was point. also. They were also yeah, they were also paying players like bonuses, giving them cash bonuses, but not reporting it. Okay, I didn't read the so, whole story. Wasn't the there also a fourteen-year-old boy involved? Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, but that might have been the Roy, the Moore case as well. You getting Roy, that, Roy Moore confused? That was, a, that was a fourteen-year-old girl. This is a fourteen-year-old boy. Oh, okay. Well, either way, yeah. uh, what's his name? Capola is now banned from baseball for life. Yeah, the the former general manager. Yeah, so that's whatever's going on. I don't know all the details, but it's crazy. They lost a bunch of their prospects, a really high prospect, apparently. Right, uh, that are now suddenly free agents. Yeah, yeah, it's craziness. But I'm surprised. Like, this is maybe why Daniel Kett has stayed out of international business altogether because he knows he'll just get busted. It's just confusing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna avoid it all. Right, avoid it all. So yeah, we got a couple of minor league pitchers. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke. Is is uh, uh, a bum, and so is right. Wade Davis. These, these, Wade Davis, not Wade Davis. I wish it was Wade Davis. <laughs> Connor Wade. Uh, Connor Wade. These, these are two uh, pitchers that uh, boys and girls you will never hear of again. Right. So yeah, Ryan Rourke. Now. Ryan Rourke is the classic Dan Duquette move. Guy showed a little bit, fell apart, had Tommy John. Was out for all last year, right? Was that missed all the last year? Total Dan Duquette reclamation project that may work, normally doesn't. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about this last year. The minor league pitching system, like no one pitched well. Like if you look yeah. at our Norfolk teams and our boot, like, no one. Like, we had a couple guys in in low single A pitching some kind of little league who pitched well, but in the high high in the triple A and double A, no one. There was no one who pitched well. So we're throwing some other guys like Ryan O'Rourke. Or I think it's a bullpen guy. And then uh, this other guy, uh, Connor Wade, is, I think goes back and forth. He goes both ways from starter to to to, to reliever. But, uh, I mean, outside, very far outside shots to make the major league team at any point this upcoming season. But, like, you can't get worse with your minor league pitching. So I guess why not? Why not? Yeah. <clears throat> Some of the Orioles stuff, uh, November 20th, which today we're recording this on the 21st, pod 243. Yesterday was November 20th. That's when you had to uh, announce your 40-mans. You had to uh, to protect your 40-man roster for the Rule 5 draft. You had to announce by yesterday who you're protecting. Interesting, a little interesting, I think, on the Orioles' part, that they only protected 33 guys. So there's like there's well, seven open spots, which... I guess you keep open for free agents and other stuff. Well, part of it is also also it costs them money to move those guys onto the forty man. Okay. Once, once they move them into the forty man, they're like whatever contracts go in into play. It's some type yeah. of contractual thing. 
All right. Um, so the guys that were moved were Hunter Harvey, which is a no-brainer. Uh, David Hess, who's another young pitcher, showed pr- promise. And then Austin Wynn, uh, the catcher, who could may- maybe have a role in this team in the near future. Um, guys who are eligible that weren't added, our boy, a- a- Alex Murphy, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Um, he was not added. He didn't have a very good year last year in single right. A. He's been dealing with some injury issues. Um, so he was not added, which it wasn't surprise wasn't a surprise. The one that was a bit of a surprise was Steve Wilkerson. Steve Wilkerson had a really good year split between Frederick and Bowie last year. Here's some of Steve Wilkerson's uh, uh, middle infielder for the Orioles. His numbers last year combined between Frederick and Bowie uh, was a batting average of 305, OBP of 375. The Orioles sound like they could use some OBP. His is OBP last year was 375. And had a uh, a slugging of 423 for an OPS of 798. So yeah, I mean he, he's 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 not a huge power hitter, but he he can get on base and he seems like a pretty good utility infielder, kind of a Ryan Flaherty type. The only downside with Steve Wilkerson is shortstop is kind of his weakest position, and so you might want to have a utility infielder who's a little bit better at shortstop. But some people were a little bit surprised that he wasn't added. Um, there's also a Luis Gonzalez, a, a lefty pitcher who's single A, and some people wondered if he would be protected. Um, but he's the 20, I think he's 25 years old. He's still pitching in single A, but he's a lefty with some good stuff. So, so people saying he might get picked up. Uh, another notable guy who wasn't protected, uh, Cal Ripken's son, a man that goes by the name of Ryan Ripken. Ryan. He was eligible to be protected, but he was not protected. Another guy. Do you guys remember this guy's name? Pat Connaughton? He's the basketball player, right? Yeah, yeah. he's a basketball okay. player. He's now eligible for the Rule 5 draft, so someone – and he's not protected, so someone could pick him up. Of course. I don't know how that would work. Of course, he's still playing in the NBA. He's still playing in the NBA, but he's still also, like uh, – he's under the – he's on. Uh, right. he's owned by the Orioles. Yeah, do, you th- do the so, Orioles have to pay him something to like keep his name in, in the in – the, in the, in the, under their name? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I I don't know, but I know he's he's riding the bench at Portland, uh, and so yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. All right. It says uh, I'm reading here that the Orioles have his rights through 2020. Okay, the fact that the Orioles only moved three guys under their 40 man and have seven open slots speaks a lot about the the high prospects that the Orioles have. That they're not worried about anyone take anyone losing anyone. Oh yeah, their farm system is poop, and that proves it. And no one's gonna. I mean, when was the last time the Orioles lost another guy to the Rule Five? Like, when's the last time other teams? I, I, we can look this up. I'm sure it wasn't that long ago. But I don't think every year. Like, I feel like the Tampa Bay Rays. People always go after them. I feel like we're always taking the Tampa Bay Rays guy. Last year we took a, uh, a Cleveland Indian and Boston Red Sox guy. I don't feel anyone. Other teams are coveting our players. Like I don't think they're knocking down the door trying to get our minor leaguers. No one. We love Alex Murphy, and I think he has the potential to be a good major league baseball player. But no one's going to pick up Alex Murphy. No, I, probably not because he had a down year and and he, he and played what? Yeah, and he played mostly in single A. And you're not going to. It's a hard jump from single A. Right. Exactly. Then that's the other thing to remember is you're, when you're pulling a Rule Five guy, he's got to stay on that forty man. Or not even the yeah. forty man. He's got to stay on the twenty five man. Twenty five man, yeah. For the whole season. So yeah, you're not yeah, gonna... or or do what the Orioles do with Santander 
and just have him be injured the entire season until September right. call-ups. Right, and that's where like you've got some guys that the Orioles do have that have something to look forward to, but they're on low A, like that that pitcher who pitched really well down in Delmarva last year. And they've got guys that are in low A, but there's no way you're going to draft them. You're, there's no way a team's going to put them on their team in the big leagues. Yeah, and the other thing is to remember about this, it's not all players aren't eligible for the 40-man um, like I think this year, if you were drafted right. in 2014, you now become eligible for the four, uh, for the right. Five like this is Alex Murphy's first year eligible. Yeah, I think he was drafted in 2014. Yeah, and so if you're drafted 2015, 16, 17, which a lot of these young players are, <clears throat> you're, no one's going to take you unless you do an Atlanta Braves thing and cheat, and then then they may take you. But like they're Orioles, all those young players are Orioles, and no one's going to take them, and they don't need to be protected. Until they've been in the system for like four years, so that's good. Uh, how about from the Orioles' perspective, though? So I'm not really worried about anyone taking the Orioles players. And if like if a team wants an Orioles minor leaguer, like more power to you, go for it. Let's see how that works out for you. Uh, but from the Orioles' perspective, is there? And I don't I don't have a list of I, I don't know the minor league system well enough to know who is like a guy you want in the Rule Five. But is there a position? that you anticipate or you think the Orioles should address the Rule 5? Because I take it as a given that they will sign someone in the Rule 5. So the question will become, uh, what position will they look to fill with the Rule 5 draft? You don't just think it's going to be a bullpen arm? I mean, that that seems to be uh, a pitching needs uh, outweigh any other uh, position needs at this point, I think. Yeah, I guess the only argument against that would be if you look at our past, just our recent past, we've had a lot more success. And I, uh, success, I use maybe quotation, air quote success, because not really that much success. But we've had more success with position players like Ryan Fla- Fla- Flattery and Joey Rickard to a certain extent, to a lesser extent, than we've had with pitching with guys like Jason Garcia and TJ McFarland. And we Darren haven't had much at all with. Okay, if you want to go in the way back machine, sure. Right. Um- I think it ends up being, what do we need? And we are desperate for pitching. So I see the Orioles grabbing some pitchers, maybe two, especially if they're left-handed. And remember, they don't have to keep them at that day. They can bring them to spring training, and then they have a certain amount of time where they can keep them on the roster or they can dump them and send them back to the other team. So I'm sure the Orioles will at least bring in a couple pitchers to say, let's see what these guys can do. Sure. Yeah, especially, I mean, you uh... It seems like there's a lot, a lot of openings in the even in the bullpen, especially if you're looking at exploring trading Zach Britton. Um, it sounds like, yeah, I would want to pick up, if I'm the Orioles, I'm looking at starters. I'm looking at starters who can, well, be bullpen arms for the Orioles, hopefully, but right. starters who could, who could help the depth of our farm system. And it didn't work with Jason Garcia because we thought, okay, here's a guy who we put up with, right? We put up with him in the bullpen the entire year, even though we really knew he came, he was the guy who came to jump from single A, Right. The majors. Okay, he's going to be a bum. We'll just put him in and blowouts. But now we'll have a, another prospect. But he turned out to not really be a prospect. Right. He hasn't, hasn't shown anything yet. Yeah. It seems that seems like with a with a farm system as as depleted as we are for certain pitching, it seems like the obvious move is to is to do the rule five. And I would say, yeah, I would not be opposed to doing two rule five guys with with pitching. Uh, the other interesting position is maybe with you losing Ryan Flaherty. I assume he won't sign with us as a free agent. Um, so there is a utility infielder position that kind of opens up that you could look to address with a with a real five like they did with Ryan Flaherty. 
Sure. Just something. But you, right. can't, you can't expect somebody to come in here like gangbusters and blow the doors open and think he's going to be a superstar. At, at best, you're looking at a Joey Rickard-type positional player or a TJ McFarlane bullpen arm. Best case scenario. Yeah. Right. I mean, and so you can't have high expectations. These are guys that other teams didn't want enough to protect them. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. You can hope to strike gold for, a, you know, in this case, gold would be somebody who can just fill in, you know. Like Ryan Flaherty was kind of gold, right? And I'm not a big Ryan Flaherty fan. Flan. Not a big Ryan Flaherty fan. But, I mean, he, he hung around for the through all his arbitration years. Like that's kind of sure. like striking gold with a rule five. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the most <laughs> you can expect. Rule five gold is Ryan Flaherty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, who I mean, look at the Ravens. I mean, the Orioles guys. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, it's it's guys who 40 people were better than them. So, right, uh, right. And so, we're saying they're our top 25 when for another team, but it's probably true, right? It's probably true that there's a 41st guy who's better, who's possibly better than one of our top 25. I, that's possible. Sorry. Some pitchers in the rule five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – I'm, I'm pulling up the, the calendar here. That's kind of the next big date. November 20th, I just said, was the deadline for the 40-man rosters. Right. Uh, December 1st is a deadline to tender contracts to players on the 40-man who are either arbitration eligible or have zero to three years of service time. So I assume the Orioles will extend offers to all of our arbitration eligible peeps, and then the next big date is December fourteenth, the Rule Five Draft. So, and that's hopefully that's the winter meetings. Hopefully, it'll, things will pick up. Because I tell you what, I'm already annoyed because I've already seen several tweets about the Orioles are interested in this pitcher, the Orioles are interested in that pitcher, and we're, it's it's still in it's still not even Thanksgiving yet, and so this is going to be a long off season of false hopes. So awesome! Right, you got to do more than <laughs> Ryan Rourke. Yeah, but it's going to be all the rumors. Yeah. If I read one more Ox Cobb rumor, I'm going to throw up. Right. Well, because that's what the rumors are. The rumors are the Orioles are interested in Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, Tyler Chatwood. Of course they are. These guys are pitchers. The Orioles, yeah. are, Orioles are interested in you, Darvish. Sure, they're not going to get them. Right, but pitchers we can afford, all of them. Right. But yes. let me ask you a question. If you're Alex Cobb and you can have the, the option to play for your former manager – down there, uh, up there in Chicago, and also the chance to win a World Series, I tell you what, I, if I'm Alex Cobb, I need a lot of Benjamins, a lot of Benjamins yeah. as reasons to sign with Baltimore. Which We're going to have to overpay big time to get these pitchers. Which is why Dan Duquette also has to go in fast and go in early and go in now while there's still other pitchers in the market. Yeah, you that's, can't, that's the, can't wait. Till I call February. that the, the Zany Burt Rody method, going hard and fast so they don't know what hit them. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, so I agree. I agree that you need to have something needs to happen quickly, and you need to be willing to to, to overpay uh, for these certain pitchers. Right. And honestly, for what we've been put out with watching, I, I don't care. I don't care if you're overpaying. I'm not going to complain. We'll complain about overpaying Chris Davis, and we'll complain about over overpaying uh, Mark Trumbo. I'm not going to complain complain about overpaying um, Alex Cobb or or Lance Lynn. I'm not going to complain about that. Right. Yeah. That's what I've always felt about people who complain about what we overpaid for him. It's like, it's not your money. <laughs> yeah. Pay, and so pay they, the man. So we have competitive baseball in here. I, I'll still buy a ticket and pay my cable bill to watch the games on TV. It's not yeah. my money. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, the only question becomes, though, like, 
resources, right? And if you're wasting 13 million a year on Trumbo, is that money that right. could be going to a starting pitcher? But in this case, like, <laughs> I, I need we need starting pitching, so yeah. let's put all the resources there. And I won't complain if we don't get a fourth outfielder or if we don't get a backup catcher. I won't complain because we spent all that money on starting pitching. You mean I shouldn't be excited about the Rule 5 draft? Because that's who we need is backup outfielders and backup yeah. utility infielders. <laughs> like, the Rule 5 draft exists so that we have something to talk about the last week of November. <laughs> I'm just hoping that we have seven slots on our roster because we're planning to sign a few guys before the Rule 5 day draft. Yeah. yeah, seven certain pitchers, perhaps? I, I'll take two. Give me Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn, and, and I'll go down to Atlantis and bet on the Orioles. Yeah, you... You throw me a Tyler Chatwood in that thing, and I'm right behind you with signing up for the World Series. <laughs> with Tyler Chatwood? Yeah, on top of Lance Lennon Alex Wood. Oh, on top of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You give me all three of those, and yeah, you put Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gosman yeah, in that? World Series. Yeah, I'm getting, I, I'm getting a ring. I'll, I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet some money on that. Sure. What, 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 what are the chances of – I think Tyler Chatwood's a little bit, uh, a little bit down, down below there. But what are the chances that the Orioles sign one of those guys – because that's the big one. Can you sign? Because I don't want a bunch one, of fifth starters. One of those three? What is, one of those two. Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn. Because uh, it starts with one of those two. What are the chances the Orioles can sign one of those two? 50%. I'm, Whoa! I'm going pretty high. Because I think that the, I think the Enderkett knows that's what he needs. And I think if, if as soon as one of those guys signs, if he doesn't sign with the Orioles, I think they go hard after the other guy. Yeah, I think you might be still still dealing with some side effects of being drugged on the cruise. Uh, Bert, what do you think the percentage is that the uh, Orioles get one of those guys? Well, I was just thinking since there's three of us hosting this show, one of us should take the optimist route and say we're going to get both of them. Yeah, yeah. Josh already said he'll take 50-50. I, you know, being the pessimist, I don't think we're going to get either of them. Once one of them gets scooped up by somebody, Josh just said the Orioles need to come in hard and fast after whoever's still left. But so is every other team in baseball that needs pitching. And yeah, which is a lot of overpay uh, as much as we'd like them to, uh, and as much as we wouldn't care if they did overpay them. I just don't. I don't see it happening. They're, the other teams, uh, I think, are uh, better positioned to to uh, acquire somebody like, this, especially if somebody's is already taken first, and then all of a sudden everybody's coming in after whoever's remaining. It, those top two or three guys are going to go quick. I think. And the Orioles are not a franchise that goes after guys quick. It would be completely out of character for them to do that. Yeah. Right. And, and again, we're not talking about you drive Jake Arrieta. We're even we, – our starting point is a little lower than that. So we oh, yeah. already are – it's true, a given. True. We're not going to get the top guys. But the next level, could we have a chance at, at, at those guys? And, yeah, I, t- I tend to, to, uh, to agree with you guys. I think it's – I mean, the chance of signing both is zero. The chance of signing one of them, I would put somewhere around like 10%. This, I mean, the one thing we saw with Dan Duquette, and here's why I think it's so low. Even, even with Mark Trumbo, I, we, we complain about the deal now, but at the, at the time, it was like a good deal as far as the market. Like people yeah. thought he would get a lot more. Mark Trumbo thought he would get a lot more, but the Orioles had a price, which they stuck to. And we've seen them, with the exception of Chris Davis, which might have been some shenanigans going on there, We've seen the Orioles consistently and Dan Duquette consistently have a price in mind that's a fair market price and stick to it. And if he does that with Lance Lynn and Ox Cobb, if he sticks to a, a market fair price, he's not going to sign either guy. And that's my concern. He's going to stick to a price in his head that he thinks he should be getting, and he's, and he's not going to be able to make that deal because you're going to have to overprice. 
Not right. overpacked, but these guys. Right. Reminds me of when I was trying to sell my old house. I had a price in mind <laughs> that I wanted to get for it. And that's why I stayed on the market for nine months is because I was overestimating. It's the opposite, though. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're like Scott Boris saying, like, I, this house should be $100 million. It can do so many cool things. Yeah, and the yeah, whole yeah. market was like, no, no, you're no Scott Boris. You are insane. And then you miss out. You know, if I'd had it marked lower, it would have sold quicker. But whatever. I you're think... still you're still upset about this bird, aren't you? No, I don't know. I don't. It was three years ago at this point. I don't know why I'm still thinking about it. When was the last time you drove past your old house just to check it out? Um, about eight months ago. Uh, it's it's always interesting to see like there's like there's an air conditioning unit in the window. But the house had central air, so I don't know why you would put an air conditioning unit in the window. It's weird. I don't know. You should go and knock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just curious. Say, hey, yeah, what's the deal? <laughs> what's the deal with the air conditioner? <laughs> yeah. But I, right. I, yeah, I think this offseason, I hope, is different. And uh, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I do too. And, and this starting pitching thing, it seems to be, the talk seems to be, they're taking this seriously, and they realize and understand the need right. to update their starting pitching. So I know it's just rumors and the Orioles interested, but in the previous years, we haven't had Orioles rumors this early. And this many. It's true. It's true. Um, speaking of Orioles rumors, another rumor, Zach Britton on the market. I have I am so conflicted about Zach Britton on the market being traded. Uh, the latest rumors is Cubs and Dodgers. Uh, boys, uh, if you're Dan Duquette here, are you trying hard? I mean, this people were making the comparisons, which I think is a terrible comparison, to Jim Johnson for Jamal Weeks a few years back when Jim Johnson's <laughs> arbitration number was getting really high. I mean, it's true. Zach Britton's going to be making something like $13 million in arbitration this year. And it's the final year of his deal. So it seems to make sense to trade him now. I still kind of hate the, the idea of trading Zach Britton. Boys, if you're Dan Duquette, are you actively trying to – do we need to trade Zach Britton here? Well, I think you hit exactly what the the issue is. Is I totally understand trading Zach Britton. I mean, it makes sense. You're not going to have him after next year. Try to get something out of him. But right now, we have no clue what Zach Britton's value is on the trade market. This this is why some of us proposed for them to trade him during the trade deadline, or I pu- I pushed for last off season to trade him. Yeah. They missed oh my gosh! Everybody, everybody, and their mother now said that the Orioles should have traded him last offseason. Everybody yeah, walk into but, you, yeah, they should have traded last offseason. But you know you what? You guys were all quiet last offseason. No, everybody said they should have traded him last offseason. You know what? We've got Jesus audio. Christ. We've got audio recordings of me saying trade him oh, last offseason. I want to hear the audio. Pull just, it, just, pull just it, like pull we've the audio. Got, just like we've got me in August saying the Orioles need to sign Alex Cobb this offseason, and that's it. Oh, that's it. I'll find the audio. I'll find the audio for you for next week, maybe. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a lot of work. It could be in any episode. And also, yeah, I don't. I don't think that, that ever happened. And seriously, everyone I talk to now is yeah. You know, they all talk say about that. Zach Britton. They all say that. No, I'm like that's that's awesome, guys. But, but you weren't right you weren't saying that. So to, the, uh, last off, right? So the said, question right, is, whatever. what is he worth now? And is that worth more than what he would be worth on this team? It. Because him, if he if we don't trade him now, and if he pitches well, and he's healthy, we could get more from him at the trade deadline, even after he helped our team for half the year. Yeah, yeah, this is really tough for me, right? Because 
you're right. I don't know how to how other teams value Zach Britton. And this is a case where I know if I'm the GM, I overvalue Zach Britton because I've seen how good it can be. And that's the Zach Britton I think I'm trading. But where other teams are seeing a guy who's been hurt, a guy who was inconsistent last year, and are you, are you do other teams view him as just another reliever? Because if other teams view him as just another another reliever, then I who you're gonna get a Jamal Weeks like return, and I say forget about it. Like we're not even talking. We're not even talking unless you're talking about some really good prospects here. So uh, I, th- I think it's a tough position because you don't want to lose him for nothing. And I also think if you trade him, that $13 million is a lot of money that could be invested in a much greater need starting pitching. And bullpen is right. not is not as much of a need. Uh, but I still think Zach Britton is, is one of the, if not the best closer in baseball. And I don't want to give him up for, for, for nothing. All right. So, so we all agree, like, trade him, but the deal has to be good. The deal has to be good. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that where we're at, right? There's, there is no one on the Orioles right now that I would not have conversations about. Uh, okay. There, there's some guys I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Okay. If, you, if, you, if your first words is, is Dylan or Bundy, I'm hanging up the phone. <clears throat> all right. I can see that. But but also it depends what you're offering. That's about right? it. That's about it for me. That's about it. Yeah. Or, or a Hunter and a Harvey. Those are your first words. I'm hanging up to. That's about it. All right. So just some pitching. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't. That's an area you can't trade starting pitch young starting pitching at this point. Right. We're not in we're not in a position to trade young starting pitching. Not at all. Okay. Anything else in the show notes? Oh, Manny Machado. Uh, this is interesting, right? What's the update, Josh? You have any updates on the Manny Machado extension talks? Yeah, yeah. Dirk Duquette said uh, it haven't started yet. It's not the priority for the offseason. So first they want to sign some pitching. Part of that might be to show Manny Machado that they're determined to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's – and at the same time, talk came out about Manny Machado perhaps playing shortstop next year. Yeah. And that seems to make a lot of sense. We've talked about it before. Peter Gammon said many feel that Machado prefers shortstop and with a huge free agent deal on the horizon after next season, Machado might put up a monster year at the middle of the field position. It makes a lot of sense to move Manny to shortstop now, especially when uh, we don't know how much we can trust Beckham, especially that glove. I, but, why, but why would you move Manny Machado when you have Beckham at short and you don't have a third baseman, why would you move him to shortstop? Because you have three first basemen, and maybe one of them can play third base. Uh, you want to put Trumbo at third base? You want to put Trey Mancini at third base? I, I, I mean, I, I'd have the conversation about Chris Davis at third base. I'd have the conversation about Jonathan Scope at third base. Okay, I mean, I, I just, I don't think, I don't see why, why, why you would mess it up. I don't see why. Because it might increase Manny Machado's va- va- value, and you're right. If it's proven he's going to be a great shortstop, which I think everyone agrees. Because you're not trying to increase his value. You're trying to increase his happiness. If okay. you, you want Manny to stay in Baltimore, if that means he wants to play shortstop, if he has plans that, hey, when J.J. retires, I'll get to take shortstop over. Okay. I'll say two things about that. One, if Manny Machado only wants to stay with the Orioles, if he can play shortstop, that's petty. No, number two, I'll say if Manny Machado, whatever he can do, whatever he wants, if he'll stay in Baltimore, he can pitch 
one every five days and the rest of the time play shortstop. He can play center field if he wants. He can eat a hot dog in the stands one day a week and, and watch the Orioles play for all I care if, we're gonna, if he's going to stay with the Orioles. So if, if your stance is, hey, man, he plays short, and if we let you play short, will you sign with us again? I don't think that's going to happen like that. But if it yeah. does, yeah, fine. Let, let him play whatever he wants. But, but part of the money, the money will make him happy. Yeah, it doesn't matter where he plays. Yeah, give him five, give him four hundred fifty million, and he'll he'll, he'll resign. All right. Hey, so, I got so, so you don't think they move him? No, I don't think they no. should. It, it doesn't make sense to move him, right? Beckham's your shortstop. You can Beckham play third? I don't know. Probably not. Is he a subpar shortstop? Fine, he is. But what he brings. With the with the offense mixed up for I think the the lacks the defense. See, I don't, you just you throw everything out of whack when you move Manny to shortstop. It doesn't make sense. I don't think Buck trusts Beckham at short. And yeah, he's got the spring training and off season to work on that. But still, I don't know uh, if if Buck loved JJ Hardy's leadership there, and I don't think he has that out of Beckham. Where I think he might want that out of Manny. Okay, I mean, you. I mean, I, I guess it's possible. I, I, I don't know. I would. I would think it's more likely that they try Beckham at shortstop, and like Buck would have to really hate him at shortstop before they decide to to make a move and switch things up. But I think to start the year, he'll he'll be he'll be a third. Hey, I just like Googled Manny Machado, uh, and then searched news for any Manny Machado news. Okay. On the Google machine. Right. Can we just look at the top articles about it? Here okay. we go. Uh, article, let's do a little countdown. I think this is like top six or something. Manny Machado, the future of the New York Mets. That's the first headline I see. Uh, the, the next one says, uh, third baseman Machado, the Orioles soul fi- fi- finals for the gold glove. Okay. And then the next one, shouldn't the St. Louis Cardinals at least consider a run at Manny Machado? <laughs> okay. So we got yeah. Mets and then St. Louis in there. And then we got uh, Baltimore Orioles, enjoy Manny Machado while you can. That's the next mm-hmm. article. Enjoy him while you can. The next one says... Uh, will Manny Machado play shortstop in 2018? That's what Josh is just referencing. And then the top news article is Manny Machado, already huge, 400 million free agent value may increase. So awesome. Yeah. 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 Those, those kind of headlines make you think or, or understand how the rest of the country, as far as baseball franchises <laughs> and fans of those franchises, yeah. view, view the Orioles uh, as, you know, they got this diamond in the rough fluke draft pick who turned into a superstar who was just a matter of time before he goes and plays for a real team. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, That's there's, how they see it. There's no reference anywhere to have re-signing with the Orioles. No, you got the no. Mets, the Cardinals. We've already heard Yankees and Red Sox and Miami talk, of course. Sure. Uh, but no one's talking about the Orioles re-signing them. Hmm. Yeah. It would stun the baseball world if the Orioles resign. It would. It would. It would. No one's no one's uh calling for that. No one's betting on that. No. Do they offer that at Atlantis? <laughs> I don't know, because that's probably nice. Yeah, odds. what are the odds? Yeah, what are the worse odds? odds than the Ravens winning I mean, the Super Bowl. I mean for those odds I might be able to put twenty bucks down and then pay Manny's contract myself. <laughs> hey, we, we this is we're going long with Orioles talk. I just want to make one other Orioles comment here. Um sure. I saw this article today about the Orioles. Uh, it's really about the Houston Astros, but the Orioles are kind of a, a footnote in, in this article about the Houston Astros. It says the Houston Astros will unveil the first World Series banner in franchise history on April 2nd when they host the Baltimore Orioles in their regular season home opener on ESPN. So awesome. 
we get to play uh, the Astros in their home opener when they kind of unveil their World Series banner on ESPN. Yeah. So that that's fun. <laughs> uh, prepare, be prepared to lose the opening series. Yeah, yeah, and be prepared for me to be bitter and jealous the entire time that they get a World Series. I thought we had a home opener this year. We do. We have a we open on a Thursday this year. It's a weird schedule. So we open up on Thursday with the Minnesota Twins. Have Friday off like like they always do for a rain day. Then right. Saturday, Sunday Twins. Then we go to Houston, go to New York, come home for Toronto, go to Boston, go to Detroit, then come home for a nice uh homestand. And then what's after that? I, I think we're just going to go through the whole schedule now. <laughs> no, I was just showing you. Hey, Josh, while you go through, tell me the wins and losses too. No, we but we playing on June 6th. My point was in the first <laughs> one, two, three, four weeks of baseball, we have two home series, two three-game series, the Twins and the Blue Jays at home, and that's it in the first four weeks at home. Oh. Everything's away. You're right. There is an awful lot of white on the schedule. Yeah, so it's a weird, it's a weird start. Not what we're used to. Yeah, that is strange. That's not good. Hopefully, we'll be a good road team this year, at least in the first half of the season. Yeah. Okay. Even uh, in, even in yeah. May, it's mostly white. What's up with this schedule? <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think that's too odd. <laughs> at that point, do we but... have any home games next year? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, there's a few orange ones on here. I think there's 81 if I counted correctly. <laughs> okay, Just from okay, a glancing okay. over. Um, one, one last Orioles-related note. This is a question from the chat room. And I, I want to throw it out there because this Josh is right up your alley, I think. So you can respond to this, Josh. This is a question from Jacob in the chat room. He said, my dad and I were discussing how the Orioles should update their jumbotrons out in center field. Like yeah, the they need to. Players. They're behind. What do you think? Do you think they should update their jumbotron center field? Yeah, uh... Five years ago, they did a little update, but yeah, they're behind. They're behind everyone else. They need to really update their jumbotrons, and if they really want to catch up with what's going on in uh, other baseball stadiums, they need to put something like a really big screen on top of the warehouse or against the warehouse or something, and get something really big and sharp up there. The Ravens did a great job this off season. Their new screens are beautiful and huge. And uh, the, yes, the Orioles are behind. The tricky thing is. How you update your screens and keep that classic baseball look, that classic right. old stadium look. The Cubs did it by putting it like on the roofs of some of the buildings out there. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, the Orioles are behind schedule on that. But I would like them to. Re- you can't. I, you can't mess with the warehouse though, right? You got to lay off the warehouse. I don't that's know. Kind of that's where it gets tricky. The Orioles look. I think. I think there's some way you could do it. Maybe on top of the warehouse, would be the key. But uh, I'm not worried about them doing it. I, I, I'm fine with the way they are currently, and I'd rather them spend money on players. All right, fine. There's a weird thing where it's like the Maryland Stadium Authority owns the stadium, and they got to work out deals. I'm not too worried about it. So you mean like technologically they're behind, and, and yeah. they need to up, update the video board out there. I yeah. would say they, they need to update – the video Every. board as far as the, the garbage entertainment in between innings. <laughs> right. Sometimes, sometimes that's all we got going on out there. <laughs> what, you're, you're hating on the roller coaster cam or the bubble cam. 
When's Shut the up, last bro. time they ever did the roller coaster cam or the bubble cam? That was the, those are the greatest cams they ever had. That's They're the long greatest. gone. If they brought them back, yeah. I wouldn't right. be complaining. I'm sick of the crab shuffle, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only time the crab shuffle is good, and they, I haven't seen this done in a while. They, they used to do like the crab shuffle, and then the crab shuffle for Yankee fans. Really slow. They were real slow and real yeah. obvious. Now that was funny. But yeah, it's it's a little bit old and outdated, and I hate the hot dog race so much I can't yes, even begin to describe. Because it's the loudest. I just hate it because it's the loudest cheer of the entire game. <laughs> yep. It's not the winner of the hot dog race. I hate that so much. Right. They did. They added some things at the end that that they need to take some tips from some what other organizations, even if it minor leagues, are doing, uh, just to keep fans entertained between innings or commercial breaks. Remember, at the end of last year, they brought up, they put somebody up on the screen who was looking at their phone. And would put up what they are texting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. That's good. See, that's funny. You get some creative minds come up with these funny things. That's great. They need to do more of that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, and they used to do back in the day kiss cam. Uh, they still do the kiss cam. Yeah. Right. They they used to do when you, get, you had two Yankee fans who were both guys, and they would do the the kiss cam on that. Yeah. I, I don't think you can do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. No. Yeah, that that's anymore. a shame. No. That's, that was I, a I good laugh one. too. I got one more small uh, aesthetic <laughs> Orioles thing. Did you see the new caps they're debuting for spring training 2018? Yeah, they keep trying to get my money. They, I know. I kind of want one. <laughs> I, I, I I am probably going to order one by the end of the week because it's the logo <laughs> that I liked. On It's it's the same logo that they had on the orange, uh, what was that, players weekend? Yeah, the and little I, league uniform. And I almost bought that one, but I didn't. And now they put it on the black hats. Yeah, it, and now, it looks much better on the black hat. Yeah, and now they're going to wear them for like a month straight, so I'm probably going to buy one. <laughs> but it's not sewn on, and that was my hesitation. Oh, what? It's like stuck on? It's plastic. It's like rubber. Oh, really? Like, like if I'll, you, I'll have to see one in person. If you go to, uh, I don't know, Models or whatever, and you look at the new NFL hats, like the Raven mm-hmm. hats, they're the same way now. They're this like rubber stuck on. So I guess it's what the kids are into. Yeah. Must be a millennial thing. They should make them all with Velcro so I could, like, remove this Oriole and put it on a different hat and get the different Oriole bird and put it on the hat. Like, all yeah, that, interchangeable yeah, Velcro. So then – That is way I'm too taking, I'm taking that to Shark Tank, people. Don't take it. No one touched that. That's going <laughs> I'm over at the Shark Tank with that one. Right. Then Manny can have his own decision, and he can choose what logo to put on his hat. <laughs> Yankees right. or, or Philly or Baltimore Nationals. Yeah. And he can do a fake out where he has an Orioles one, he rips it off, and he has a Yankees one. Exactly. And he rips that off, and it's the Cubs. I can't wait. Yep. Next, next offseason is going to be so much fun when we have the decision and the decision two, as they have Bryce have his own special and Manny have his own special. Yeah. He's taking yeah. his talents to the Windy City. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be so awesome. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, Cena. We're, we're, we went really long with Orioles. That's a whole lot of Orioles talk for nothing happening. So to sum up, <laughs> nothing's going on. <laughs> All right. Whole lot of nothing. <laughs> if you <laughs> love Rule 5. Talk for an hour about nothing happening. No. Right. 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 To, to recap, since our last episode, the Orioles signed two minor league pitchers and they got new hats. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much it. And I saw uh, the pistol that killed Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> uh, Ravens. Playoffs started today. The Ravens would be in it playing the Jaguars, a team that they lost to by 100 points last time. Um, Burt, they shut out. Yeah. You, the Packers. You, they did. Dominated the. They ate up that rookie quarterback like he was garbage. 
which yeah, is probably yeah. what he is garbage Brett Hundley uh, Brett Hundley uh Bert are you uh are you uh back on the bandwagon Ravens uh, I'm, back I'm back in I'm back in I'll I'll say this uh I don't understand they can kick the doors in on uh Brett Hundley and embarrass this rookie quarterback in his own home stadium but they let somebody like Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears come into Baltimore and they can't handle a team like that which the Chicago Bears newsflash they also stink um I don't know. It's 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 just so much back and forth. But I do love seeing three shutouts so far on the schedule. That harkens back to the days of uh, like of two thousand, where they had four, what four or five shutouts <coughs> they had four. that year. Four yeah. shutouts. Yeah. I mean that's that's impressive. You you have shutouts like that. That many shutouts at this point in the season. Um, it kind of helps overlook what the forty-seven to nothing loss in London. Um, Right. So I don't know, uh, and and you got a bad Houston Texans team coming into Baltimore on Monday night, but I I I want to get excited about it because we got some healthy players coming back. Uh, the defense is looking really good again, one week later, um, but I can't get the thoughts out of my mind of how we've been embarrassed at home against bad teams like the Houston Texans. Anything can happen on Monday night, so I I'm a pessimist. I'm a hesitantly optimistic. Yeah, um, the the team is finally looks like they're getting healthy, which has been a problem. The offensive line still is not healthy. That's a pretty major concern for Joe. But the defense has looked really good this season. They're really coming together. And I this past Sunday, I think we've seen the best play from the secondary as a whole in many, many years, at least since Ed Reed's been gone. That, that to see Weddle and Jefferson and Webb and Jimmy Smith all have great games on Sunday was exciting. Humphrey got his first career Humphrey, interception. Uh, yeah, and he's probably going to get the starts now over Carr because he played so well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell how much of this has to do with just how bad the NFL is right now. Like, I mean, that Hundley guy, was he's, he's terrible. Our other shutout came against the backup – uh, quarterback for Miami, right? It came back against Moore, right? And then the other one came against Andy Dalton. <laughs> All right, fine, it's Andy Dalton. Um, but there's just and, – and this week we played Tom Savage. Like, right. this could be another shutout game against Tom but, Savage. I mean, they're really bad quarterbacks we're playing, really yeah. bad teams, which means, hey, the Ravens have a chance because you look at the rest of the schedule, Houston, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and then we end with three games, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think right now in the NFL there are only two good two great quarterbacks. Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I think Outside you can throw Carson that. Wentz in there. Throw Carson Wentz in there, maybe yeah. a Drew Brees or maybe Russell Wilson. There's some other yeah, guys. I, I, still I think those guys are even second tier and then you got everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think there's a lot of like after you get past maybe Cam Newton, there's like a huge drop off to the fact that to, to the point where Joe Flacco looks like an okay quarterback compared right. to some of the other guys out there. Right. Like that guy that they, the Bills threw out there, five interceptions in the first half. What a joke that was. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, if the Ravens are getting on a roll and getting healthy, and we've seen the Ravens before sneak into the playoffs and then and then go deep in the playoffs. So maybe there's, there's some stuff to get excited about this year. 
I love this is hilarious. Every week we come and we say like, okay, we seriously have a shot at the playoffs. Then next week after there's a Houston, we're gonna be like, right. what were we thinking? This seems terrible. There's no chance to make the playoffs. And then they'll like win the next two games. We're like, hey, wait a minute here. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's such a stupid season this year. It is. Yeah, it's, it's I'm funny. annoyed with it myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we still have like meaningful football, so we got that. So I'm gonna yeah, enjoy totally. meaningful football as long as it lasts. Yeah, you're gonna stay up and watch Monday night. Yeah. Oh, it's a Monday night game. Yeah, so we're going to move the show. We're going to record differently. Oh, yeah, so we got to record again before the outcome of that game even yes. occurs. Yes, we're going to record ahead of time before that game. All right. So what are we going to talk about? Um, <laughs> our Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring a game. We've had nothing to talk about this week, and we're running freaking hour and ten minutes, and we, even haven't, we haven't even got to my strawberry this week. Let's do it. This segment's become too easy to do anymore. It's not even a challenge anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have talked about, I'm not going to, but I could have talked about this, these, these UCLA, UCLA basketball players getting arrested in China. I mean, talk about a millennial snowflake move, strawberry move, to go to a foreign country, um, a foreign country that is not a democracy, and steal <laughs> stuff in one of their stores. Is The fact that you think you can do that it says so much about our generation, this generation of young people. It's just insane. And right, it's because also, if they're doing it there, it means they do it here also. Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't understand the mentality of why you would ever do that. I can't understand that. I can't understand it. I don't understand it. So, whatever. But I'm not going to talk about that. And I'm not going to talk about... Um, so, every sport has what I like to call a king strawberry. Like, the king of the strawberries. In football, it's Cam Newton. I love Cam Newton. He's one of my favorite players. Huge strawberry. In basketball, it's Kevin Durant. I hate Kevin Durant, and he's a big strawberry. In baseball, it's Chris Sale. I'll rip up my jersey if I don't like it. Chris Sale, biggest strawberry in baseball. In college basketball, it's by far Grayson Allen for the for the Duke Blue Devils. Of course, it has to be a Dukie. He comes in a long line of, of, of millennial snowflakes, like um, Chris Late going back all the way back to Chris Leitner, then J.J. Redick. Um, and now Grayson Allen, who there was a video of him this weekend. He like someone touched his nose and he fell on the ground crying. Uh, he t- they, <laughs> they dipped his nose, their finger like just graced the, the nose and he fell down crying. He's a huge strawberry. And I posted on Twitter, I posted pictures of strawberries and pictures of snowflakes next to the video of Grayson Allen. Um, but I want to talk about this week. I want to go to Australia, the land, the land down under, as they say. To talk about a a ball boy at a at a championship soccer match in Australia, Josh, can you play this clip? That's on the meantime, it's just so the ball goes out of bounds. Straight out of play. Drive Arnold anxiously trying to find out how Zulu is. Meantime, something sparks something on the touchline. And it's a free-for-all involving the benches, the players, the coaches, the backroom staff, everybody. What on earth sparked that? i tell you what sparked it. A ball boy sparked it. Like a ball boy in soccer? What, the ball boy touched the ball? As they try and sort things out, Let Simon appears to be in the center of things. Marco Kurtz trying to calm things down. Adam Peacock is right in the thick of that for us, down on the touchline. Adam... Did you see what happened there? 
I did, unfortunately. Michael Moreno came over to get the ball off the ball boy. The ball boy didn't give it. And Chris Griffith-Jones knows the story and he's given him a straight red. He is off. The poor ball boy is the so rattled. It's not funny. He doesn't know what's come on. Michael Moroni actually tried to go over and get the ball to him, off him, and ended up actually, it looked like a bear hug on the ball kid. And the, the kid wasn't giving the ball up. And unfortunately, it all escalated from there. Just kicked off. Mark, uh, oh. Marco oh. Kurds has come across. There we go. We've got a good shot. So he knocked the ball boy yeah, down. Absolutely right. He's consoled the ball yeah, boy. Yeah. He's, He's all right. The, the ball boy. Everyone got involved. Matt Simon saw it all, came over to protect the ball kid, first of all. He didn't want to fight Michael Moroni. He wanted to get him off the ball kid. But yeah, <laughs> a well, ball kid. I've, I've never seen that before. Well, that is ball extraordinary. Kid. Extraordinary. There's the ball boy. He's okay. Oh, he really is a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's child. okay though. He's okay. So let's talk about let's talk about this. Let's talk about what happened. All right. This is the end of a soccer match between a a. First of all, the only reason I really played that clip is because the accents are fantastic. Love um, it. Yeah, but they got they got strawberries down there down, down under as well. There was a blue team versus a red team. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, hey Josh, if you're watching on Facebook, can they watch that video with us? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah, why we're, we're really yeah. We're a podcast. We're like a real we're really, television show. We're really focusing on the video lately. Yeah, that's why we're the next generation of Baltimore sports because we're Absolutely. just we're doing things that other people just aren't even doing. Okay, um, yeah. So anyway, there's a blue team versus the red team, and it's time is running out, and I, I don't even know which the the blue team like kicks it out of bounds, and the red team goes to get it, and the ball boy, and this is the blue team is at home field, home uh, what do you call it pitch. Home pitch, and and the, and the ball boy is on the on kind of you know on the blue side, if you will. And time's running out, and the ball boy is being slow to get the ball back in play. Like the ball boy's sure. just holding it. So the red team goes over there, and the guy from the red team like tackles the ball boy to get the ball to put the ball back in play. Right. And so everyone says, "Oh, the poor ball boy." But from my standpoint, the ball boy's job is to get the ball and put it back in play as quickly as possible but he is stalling right. to help the blue team so i think the player on the red team is in the right and what you didn't see in that video clip what i saw what i saw in the, another video video clip that i saw over here is there's a shot there's a picture of him at the end of the match that the blue team won right holding the trophy over his head with a with a medal around his neck like he's part of the team that won the ball so got a little Jeffrey Mayer thing going on. Very much a Jeffrey Mayer situation here. Gotcha. And the ball, the poor ball kid. They yeah, said poor the ball kid. kid. Bull the kid. ball kid is, is an accomplice here, throwing the game. And yet, and yet, uh, this millennial kid thinks that oh, I'm part of the team here, even though I'm a ball boy because I got cut because I wasn't good enough to make the team. Oh, I'm, I'm part of the team here, and I'm going to hold the ball and be part of the, the, the solution, right. like a Jeffrey Merritt situation, but in soccer. It's outrageous. Total strawberry scenario. <laughs> ball boy ball strawberry. Boy. I was the ball boy for my uh, senior my senior year for our varsity soccer team, but it wasn't because I couldn't make the team. Uh -huh. I had no desire to play soccer, but a lot of my friends were on the team, and I liked going to their games and watching – so I got to be ball boy for the home game. And you bet your bottom dollar, <laughs> if I could have uh, done a little, you know, lollygagging, getting the ball back and play in a close game while the clock is ticking, oh, I would have done it.
But that's shady, right? There's a championship yeah, match. Yes. I'd admit to it. Yes, it that's is. Strawberry-ish. <laughs> and yet everyone feels so bad for the ball boy who got tackled. No, no tackle yeah. the little no, ball boy. He wasn't doing his job. If I'd have right. got tackled, yes, I, I would have felt like I deserved that. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening to us talk uh, so much Orioles when there's nowhere else to talk about. Appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to go ahead and write us a review on iTunes. Right, every 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 week I check it. I breathlessly I go I rush over to iTunes to check for any new reviews. And I haven't seen a new one in a while and it disappoints me. And I, I turn into a little strawberry whenever I don't see a new review. So don't make me a strawberry. Make me a coconut by writing me a review. Yes. Coconuts write reviews on iTunes for Texas 36. Absolutely. Strawberries, though. Don't be a strawberry, be a coconut. All right, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, at Show to find out when we're going to be going next live on Facebook. And I'm telling you, we got this whole, Josh has this whole video thing working on Facebook where we're showing strawberry clips and all this stuff. So you got to tune in on Facebook every week. So to find out when we're recording, it'll usually be on, on Mondays, but it's going to be different this week again. So follow us on Twitter, at Show to find out when we're recording next. You can also follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, and we'll put all that stuff on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yep. All right. You can also follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter. And you can follow the button lover Josh Stroke on Twitter. At Josh Stroke. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. And as always, go Ravens. And go O's.